This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in. Cam Edwards with you, flying solo once again. Miss E will return, uh, I promise, before long. But uh, honestly, it's been, hasn't been the worst week. Um, but uh, it, it has not been the, the, the best of weeks either. Uh, you know, there's almost this expectation, this mental expectation of, okay, chemo's over. Yay, we're done. And uh, as Missy told me yesterday, no, we're, we're, we're not. I mean, she still feels uh, nauseous. She uh, has been able to get up and around. So, like I said, it hasn't been as bad as it has been in the past. But um, she is uh, far from uh, back to normal. So, if you would... Please keep her in your thoughts and your prayers. Continue to keep her in your thoughts and your prayers, because she could certainly use it. Um, but it's been a uh, it's been a, a, a relatively quiet week, which is I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take quiet over uh, a mad scramble to uh, to get stuff done. We may have lost. You know, we got seven new. Uh, hens last week, all varying ages. None of them are, are laying yet. Uh, some of them are actually really, really small. So, uh, let's, uh, a couple of days ago, I uh, it's always part of my morning routine. I get up, I make sure the kids are up, I go walk the dogs, I let the chickens out of their coop, but since we've got the little ones now, they've been staying in their yard, so I have to close up their fence, make sure that the, uh, the gate is shut. Uh, I usually prop a, a big piece of plywood uh, in front of the gate, which is just made of chicken wire, and then... Uh, we put a um, big heavy weight to kind of keep the the plywood in place. And that's part of the normal routine. Go make sure the goats have water. Go make sure the pigs have water. Take the kids to school, so on and so forth. Um, So the other day, apparently, I didn't do as good a job as I could have and should have in putting up that big piece of plywood to keep the gate closed because there was it was a very windy day. Anyway, the plywood fell over. Uh, The chickens ended up getting out. All of them ended up getting out, and uh, when I when I got home and I went to put up the chickens, most of them had made their way back into the coop. There were two of the new hens, really young, and I'm really surprised that they were actually able to get up this high. One of them was on the roof of the coop because uh, it's dark, and so what happens is if you've got uh, chickens that free range towards the end of the day, they'll they'll kind of wander back towards the coop, and then they'll all wander inside before it gets dark. It's nice. I didn't realize this when we first got chickens. We were chasing them to their coop every night when we thought thought it was time for them to go inside. And then we quickly learned that, um, no, we don't have to do that. We just look like morons. So now I, I wait until it's uh, dusk or right this time of year, I, I don't even get home till it's dark. So I wait until it's dark and then I go and I shut up the chickens. Uh, so last night, I uh, or the other night, I, I went out and uh, 
found two of them, uh, sort of the, uh, the the young white with uh, some some gray uh, speckled feathers mixed in. So they stand out in the dark, which is nice. I could see them. Uh, got them both down off the, the uh, roof of the coop and uh, put them in the coop itself. Tried to do a head count uh, via flashlight. It's kind of hard to, uh, to sometimes they'll hide in the nesting boxes. So I counted six of the seven new hens that, uh, that we got. And this, uh, uh, since then, I've counted six out of seven. I, I think we might have lost a uh, uh, one of the young ones. So I'm a little disappointed in myself for that. Um, no sign. I haven't seen any feathers, so I'm not sure what happened. Maybe it'll uh, wander back. Um, I always tell myself that, and it never happens. It's the uh, strangest thing. So... Keep your fingers crossed as well that we uh, don't lose any more, and uh, I've been much better about ensuring that the uh, the gate is where it needs to be and the chickens are inside. I actually need to make a run to Tractor Supply before the weekend starts. Uh, free plug for Tractor Supply, by the way. They're, uh, they're not a sponsor, but <clears throat> I actually go there. So it's time to pick up a flock block for the chickens. We're, uh, we'll pick up some wild bird seed for the uh, other birds around here. We are, it, this is a, actually, it's a really beautiful time of year. Every time of year on the farm to me is is beautiful, but they're all different. And when you're in the dead of winter and everything's sort of brown and dry, uh, and it's just sort of, uh, you know, on those, on those gray, cloudy days, it's just sort of a, a monochromatic landscape, which is pretty in its own way. Uh, but then you'll get these splashes of color. We are uh, inundated with cardinals and uh, uh, eastern bluebirds, and there's it's it's so much. It, it, I don't know. It's just, it sometimes it really just like you know you'll see a bush and you'll see one or two bright red cardinals there, and then you'll really start looking, and all of a sudden the colors just start to pop out, and you realize how many birds there are. So we like to keep the uh, birds around in the winter, so we'll get some wild bird seed. I think it's time for some sow chow. We supplement the hogs uh, in the winter because uh, they just can't root around as much. Uh, all three of the girls are doing just great. Uh, we will be, I believe, starting to make bacon this week, and that's the plan if Missy is feeling up to it. If not, I told her I'm just going to go ahead and uh, uh, take at least one of the slabs and and do it myself because... You know, she makes delicious bacon. She makes incredible bacon. But that doesn't mean that I, too, cannot make delicious and incredible bacon. It's just that normally she takes the lead. But we're out of bacon. And so uh, something has, to, something has to, to, to change with that. So if she's not feeling up to it, uh, then next week on the podcast, we may have a report of how Cam's bacon turned out compared to Miss E's. Pretty sure I'm going to fail that taste test, but... It's still bacon, so I'm also pretty sure that it'll still be edible. All right, we've got a lot more to come here on this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool, including some thoughts from you. The email address, as always, is 40acrefool at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Cam Edwards, on Instagram, at Cam Edwards. And Miss E is at Corny Goat Farm on Instagram. She. Excuse me, she uh, hasn't been posting as many pictures over the past week or so, mostly from uh, inside the house. But uh, again, as the uh, winter turns to spring and the uh, the renewal of the earth starts, I think the renewal of Missy's health is going to start as well. And I expect that uh, she's going to be back out in the garden before no time. So make sure you're following her and uh, follow all the adventures as she uh, hopefully gets back to uh, where she wants to be this year. All right, we're going to step away for just a moment or two, but we do have much more, so stick around. There's 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. 
40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. I just realized that I have my instant audience that uh, Miss E gave me for Christmas with me. So if I wanted, I could kind of make it sound like we were outside because there's a there's a cricket noise. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's been a, a little too cold uh, for the uh, crickets on the 40 acres. It's not been, I mean, it's really not been that bad. We've had one bit of snow. It was like four inches of snow. Uh, then when I was in Las Vegas for the Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show, uh, it was actually about as warm in Las Vegas than it was uh, as it was in Virginia, so like upper 50s or so. Uh, earlier this past week, it got up into the mid-60s, which was nice. A lot of rain, which I'm okay with, honestly. Uh, we're, we're, we've been down a little bit. Uh, last year, we had a couple of months of really bad drought, and it, it, we never had any problem with like the water supply in our well or anything, but um, I get a little freaked out and paranoid when we go too long without rain. I want to make sure that the water table is nice and full uh, and that I'm not going to run out of water at all. So uh, bring on the winter rain. I'm okay with that. But it's been rain. It hasn't been snow. We had a cold front move through Thursday night and uh, brought the temperatures back down to, you know, seasonable uh, temperatures. So now we're looking for next week or so of uh, highs in the lower 40s, lows down in like the mid 20s. So it'll it'll get below freezing every night, but um, really nothing bad. And again, no snow in the forecast. And my kids are now starting to feel a little gypped. They're feeling like they uh, have missed out on on some snow days, and you know missed out on the opportunity to. Uh, Go outside for about 15 minutes at a time before wanting to come back in because they're too cold and wet. It's not like they really, you know, get out there and spend hours at a time unless we tell them to. But, uh, yeah, I'm just looking here at the uh, 15-day forecast and nothing. Got some rain, got some clouds, got some sunshine, but uh, no snow. So that'll get us into mid-February. So who knows? Maybe this will be a very mild winter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Now, hopefully that doesn't translate into a uh, wretched summer uh, months from now. But, you know, honestly, um, over the last few years that we've lived here in Central Virginia, you know, you've had uh, we've had one summer where it, it was 100 degrees um, for a about a week and a half or so. And that was pretty awful because it's not, I grew up in Oklahoma, I, 100, 105, I'm used to that in the summer. But this is where you get that, you know, trite saying it's dry heat. 
and it is a dry heat. And it's not really a tried saying because there is a huge difference between 105 degrees when there's 20% humidity and 100 degrees when there's 70% humidity. Uh, there's a big difference. You can you can run around, you can get out and exercise, and you know ride your bike and go uh, play at the playground when you're a kid when it's 105 degrees and there's 20% humidity. When it's 100 degrees and it's 70% humidity, uh, and you step one foot outside, and all of a sudden you're just soaked in sweat, uh, that's not a lot of fun. That that you know, it's in, and that's when you go to the lake. I suppose I need to find some friends with boats and jet skis and <laughs> even a pontoon boat because uh, I, I know where some lakes are around here, but uh, I don't know any friends with watercraft. I think I have to work on that. So beyond the uh, the weather and the uh, the the chickens uh, and uh, Miss E's progress, which has been slower than she likes, but uh, but steady, um, we are still seeing uh, more nationally speaking uh, uh, this fascination and in some cases uh, the condemnation of rural America. Last week, or actually earlier this week. Uh, on the last edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. Uh, talked about that story at Politico magazine that took a look at Pepin County, Wisconsin, the uh, southwestern edge of Wisconsin, uh, right up against uh, the Mississippi River and, and the uh, state of Minnesota on the other side of the river. And Politico, uh, you know, going out and, and actually talking to the people in this county, which went for Donald Trump for the first time since 1972, uh, and, and why these folks uh, went for Donald Trump for the first time, uh, why they went for a Republican for the first time since 1972. And in part, in large part, uh, again, it was rural Democrats becoming independent and voting for Donald Trump, or rural Democrats becoming rural Republicans uh, because of, in many cases, uh, their new neighbors who had moved in from the Twin Cities. Sorry, I'm fighting back his knees here. Uh, and so those new neighbors who were also Democrats of the same party as these rural Democrats were so annoying, were so invasive, were bad neighbors quite frankly. I mean, again, these were people who moved to an area and immediately started trying to change it. Uh, and in some cases, it may have been for the better, right? We're going to open up a new business. We're going to provide a, a new source of tax revenue uh, for this small town where businesses are closing. That's great. That's great. But along with that new business um, comes new attitudes and new philosophies. And Eventually, uh, new dictates and new mandates, new requirements on the old residents of the county, if they want to uh, be in you know the good graces of their new neighbors, who will inevitably look down on them, uh, who will not associate with them, no matter uh, what kind of norms or rules uh, the uh, the the old residents of the county adopt. Uh, or are imposed on them by the new, they will never be equals. They will never really be friends because, again, those those outsiders who are moving into uh, Pepin County don't want to associate with the folks who've been there. Maybe they'll buy hay from them. Maybe they'll you know uh, swap eggs. Maybe they'll have an exchange at the uh, 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 local restaurant or the uh, cafe or the uh, feed store. But that's about it. 
They're certainly not socializing with them. They're not hanging out with them. They're not going to church with them. Uh, they're not uh, checking in their deer at the uh, deer check station with them because the uh, new folks tend to not hunt. And again, uh, these new arrivals have pushed the folks who have lived in rural America further to the right. Um, I saw uh, earlier uh, on Friday uh, on, on Twitter, John Lovett, who used to work in the Obama administration, not John Lovett's, John Lovett, uh, reacting with great dismay to what's happening in Washington, D.C., as someone who used to work in the Obama administration would do. And he said, if you don't, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, uh, if you don't work in politics, if your life is not about politics, you simply can't understand what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. To which I replied, I, I, I see people every day. I spend time with people every day. I have conversations with people every day who don't work in politics and, frankly, whose life does not revolve around politics. And they know darn well what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now. And they're giddy about it. They, they get it. They get that uh, long-time uh, career employees, uh, part of the deep state, uh, are very, very unhappy with the fact that Donald Trump got elected. Uh, they see the turnover. They see the firings of uh, senior staffers. And they like it. You know, you go back and you look at the public uh, opinion polls for... Uh, approval of Washington, D.C., uh, just generally, or they'll break it down sometimes into Congress and the executive, Supreme Court, bureaucracy. Americans have been dissatisfied. Um, and that's putting it mildly. The approval rating for D.C. Uh, as, as a whole and uh, uh, breaking out these institutions individually, look, the approval rating is approaching single digits. And that has been the case for both Republican and Democrat presidents. But there's been this attitude in Washington uh, that well, they could be unhappy. The people can be unhappy. Americans can be dissatisfied. But what are they going to do about it? <laughs> right? What, you got to get rid of the. Uh, you got to get rid of the Congress. You got to get rid of the Supreme Court. You got to get rid of the bureaucracy. You got to get rid of the White House. What are you going to do about it? You, you know, if you're if you're unhappy, we'll go and elect other people. Well, they did. As it turns out, they took the advice that a lot of the uh, 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 D.C. establishment sort of flippantly gave the American people for a lot of years. You don't like it? Go like somebody else. Okay, they did. And now you don't like it. And the American people are happy. The, the, the unhappier establishment D.C. is, the happier a large chunk of the American people will be. And they had the opportunity to try to fix things. They had an opportunity to really give a damn that the approval ratings for these uh, institutions were sliding down into the single digits. They had an opportunity. They squandered it. They wasted it. They had the attitude of, well, what are they going to do about it? Nothing they can do about it. As it turns out, there is something the American people can do about it. Uh, and I would expect that uh, can-do spirit 
of the American people, by the way, is, is going to translate and is going to have an impact, not just on presidential races going forward, but uh, uh, on a lot of other political races. I'm, I'm, I'm as a guy who does follow politics, but also as a guy who loves history and who is well aware of the fact that we are currently living uh, in a very momentous time in our nation's history. I am very curious to see how the 2018 elections turn out, both in terms of the uh, primaries on uh, both in both parties uh, and then the uh, general election, uh, not just for the uh, Senate, but uh, state elections as well. And we're going to get actually a little bit of a preview of that this year in 2017 in Virginia, because we have off-year elections. So I, I may start incorporating a little bit of that uh, into the, the podcast, just kind of give you a sneak peek at what might be to come uh, in some uh, races near you in 2018. Right now, we're going to step away. Got some more news for you. And uh, of course, your emails still to come as well. So stick around. We'll be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So I got an email from Cheryl. And Cheryl, I'm so sorry that I didn't have a chance to uh, talk about this on last week's program. This is such a nice thing that uh, Cheryl has done. She says, we've been following Miss E's progress through her Instagram account and your podcast. And we're hoping that the setback that you two shared is just a minor bump in the road. And uh, that last round of chemo is going to be behind you soon. Our entire family has been praying for your entire family, especially for Missy's road to recovery. Cheryl says, I pulled out my dye pots. Now, Cheryl makes yarn. uh, And she says, I pulled out my dye pots and I've been playing with some new colors. I came up with two that I think your lovely wife will like. They're drying now and should be ready to go later this week. Uh, If you'd be so kind as to send me a mailing address, I will uh, get them in the mail. Uh, Cheryl, again, thank you so much. That is so nice. Um, And I tell you what, uh, if you don't mind waiting a couple of days, I'm in the process of setting up a P.O. box, uh, which is going to make our uh, mail lady (laughs) very, very happy that she doesn't have to drive down the rutted driveway uh, quite as often. So I'm in the process of getting a a P.O. box, and I will uh, send you an email. And, and let you know what that uh, P.O. box will be. Um, and again, thank you. Thank you very much. That is just so sweet. Uh, and I really do appreciate you thinking about us. I also uh, heard from Chris, who says, I was recently listening to your podcast when you were talking about tomatoes and what varieties to plant. My wife and I bought 5.6 acres in 2013. We cleared two acres, built a house, barn. And last year, we set up 12 3-foot by 16-foot raised beds and six... 10 feet by 20 feet, uh, huge culture mounds, Hugel, Hugel culture mounds. <laughs> I was a little confused for a second there, Chris. Hugel culture mounds. My only request uh, was to have a tomato that was like the ones that I used to eat when I was a kid in Missouri. Firm flesh, high acidity. She found one from the catalog that you had mentioned, totally tomatoes, called the Super Sioux. S-I-O-U-X. Uh, I highly recommend this one, says Chris. I hope that Ms. E is doing better, and I wish you all a very less stressful 2017. Chris, thank you very much for that. Um, 
I'm hopeful that uh, 2017 is going to be less stressful, or at least at least stressful in uh, new and exciting ways, right? Like, boy, where are we going to put all these tomatoes? Uh, that would be good stress, right? I, You know, we just don't have anybody who can eat all of this extra stuff that we've grown in the garden. Um, where'd this extra bacon come from? How are we going to fit it in the freezer? That would be good stress to have, right? I better go shoot some of this ammo because, boy, I'm running out of room to store it. Uh, I can think of all kinds of good stressors that uh, that I'm looking forward to in 2017, but I appreciate the tomato recommendation. Uh, Missy and I this week actually did bust out the seed catalogs as well as the seeds that we've saved because last year, again, we kind of sputtered out um, with the garden once Missy's health issues showed up. So we have a lot of seeds from last year. We have some seeds that we've saved. I'm always... Uh, you know, we, we, we don't get the uh, modified seeds that uh, don't... Gr- you know, grow well second generation. We do try to tend to we we try to stick. Excuse me, try to stick to the standard. You know, um, normal seeds that uh, you can actually save and keep, and uh, and then you can plant them the next year, and they'll grow stuff. That's what we try to do. So uh, we've got uh, quite a few seeds saved up. Um, Including quite a few tomato seeds. Like we start going through, and the San Marzanos are there, and the Amish paste are there, and we've got some sun gold. We love the little sun golds. Uh, we have we have tended to over the years. We you know we tried. I think our first year with like the mortgage lifters and the pink Berkeley tie dyes and uh, uh, some of the, the 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 really big tomatoes. And what we found is that that doesn't work in our garden. Not where they not not where we've planted the the, the tomatoes because uh, the critters will eat the big tomatoes. They will completely ignore a uh, trellised cherry tomato bush that has all kinds of yummy little bright red or or, or orange cherry tomatoes, and they will instead, which will be just perfect for their little grasping paws, and they will ignore it. And instead, they will take a bite, just one, out of a uh, super huge tomato that is about to turn from green to red, and it'll be destroyed. And that's what they do. Uh, so this year, we've decided we really do like the the slicers. Like we had some Amish gold slicers, which were great on sandwiches, uh, and we want to get back to some bigger tomatoes. So this year, we have a new plan. Uh, this year, we're going to have our normal garden, but uh, in the front of our house, so we, our house is sort of an L shape, uh, and in the, uh, the, the lee of that L, um, it actually does get quite a bit of sunshine, like a surprisingly uh, a good amount of sun. There was a massive old uh, locust tree that was growing in the front yard when we first moved in, and it was... Uh, like many of the locust trees uh, on our property, probably 200 years old. Uh, and there were parts of it that were still alive. There were parts of it that were dead and falling apart. And I saw this tree and I thought, it's it's got to go because this is the thing that's going to crash into my house one day. So we had the tree taken down um, and we've got a stump uh, there, but that's the only thing that we have in the the front part. So we're going to actually do uh, raised beds in the uh, in the front yard. I think we're going to do four smaller raised beds, and at least 
uh, two of the beds I want to use for the bigger tomatoes. And my hope is that by bringing those plants up really close to the house, uh, that it is going to cut down on the, uh, the amount of critters that will be eating those big tomatoes because now they'll have to sneak up a little bit closer to the house. It may not work. We uh, may have to provide some extra fencing and stuff, but we're also going to have uh, a, a raised bed that'll be our, our herb garden. And then uh, I want to do a bed that is just sort of the the experimental bed. Like, does this grow here? Can I grow this? Everything from can I grow onions from seeds as opposed to onions from sets uh, to you know some weird fruit or some uh, weird vegetable that uh, we've never really had before. We we grew two years ago. Um, Three years ago, I guess it was. We uh, we we grew this very spiny. It's a it's a jelly fruit, is what it's called, and it looks like a looks like a mace. Honestly, uh, it's these you know firm green fruits, and when they turn to to orange, when they've got these spikes all over them, uh, then you can uh, harvest them. You can cut them open. And they're kind of like jello inside, and they taste kind of like banana. Not really my, my favorite thing. Uh, the pigs ended up getting a lot of the jelly fruit uh, uh, that year. And then the next year, we had, we had also given some to the chickens, and we would just throw out a couple of uh, really ripe fruits, and the chickens really, really loved them. The next year, we had these things growing all over the farm. Uh, we didn't even recognize them at first. We just thought it was a vine. And then we started seeing the fruit show up. We realized this is everywhere. So I, I, at first I was a little concerned. I thought um, that maybe we had you know, introduced an invasive species and this was going to be like the, uh, the new kudzu in Virginia. Uh, nothing grew back last summer. So uh, we know that we can grow it. And we know that actually we'll probably get more than we bargained for if we grow that again. But there's some other stuff that we want to experiment with. So I want to have a bed where uh, it's just the stuff that we, you know, kind of play around with. So anyway, we uh, we sat down with the seed catalogs, and uh, even though we have all these seeds, we just kept circling other stuff that we want. So I, I was hoping we would get our uh, tomato growing under control this year. I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, next week, we should be able to tell you our uh, full list of tomatoes that we're going to try. I was hoping to keep it down to a dozen or less. I, I don't know that we're going to get there. I don't know. Missy's the crazy tomato lady. All right, stick around. We've got more of your thoughts coming up and more 40 Acres in a Fool, but we've got to step away for just a moment. We'll be right back. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com liars. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So when I was out in Las Vegas at the Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of folks, uh, including Arturo, who I have been corresponding with 
uh, via email. I don't even know how long, Arturo. Arturo is a, a fan of Cam and Company on NRA TV. Uh, and I, I've been hearing from Arturo for years, but we never actually got a chance to meet. And so, uh, right there at the Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show, I met uh, Arturo and his beautiful wife, Miss H. Uh, and it was great to talk with them. Uh, Miss H actually follows uh, Miss E on uh, Instagram. Got home, uh, got a, we got our picture taken, right? And uh, I'm showing uh, Missy all the pictures. And I was like, oh, there's an Arturo and his wife, uh, Miss H, and, and she follows you. And, and oh, okay, so it was, it, uh, it was, it was fun. It was a, uh, it, it was really great to meet you. Anyway, uh, Arturo uh, writes in and says, we are certainly living in interesting times with uh, Trump now as our 45th president. The next time you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, please look me up. I would love to show you where all of the progressive liberal militant vegans like to hang out. It's like watching the animals at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, Arturo, uh, I don't know when the next time I will be in the Bay Area will be. It's uh, I think I've only been there maybe, and that includes stops at San Francisco uh, International Airport as I'm uh, you know changing flights somewhere. I think I've only been there like three times in over forty years, so it might be a while before I get back. But I. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I did get an invite to go out to Tombstone, Arizona, which is uh, uh, just declared itself to be America's Second Amendment city. I realized, you know, Southern Arizona, Northern California, not really all that close, all things considered. But when you're coming from Virginia, it's a little bit closer. So, uh, so maybe if I'm out that way, Arturo, I'll just take a uh, few extra days, maybe uh, rent a car. Maybe uh, drive up the California coast once I get out of Arizona in the desert. And uh, maybe I'll pick up Kurt Schlichter along the way. And uh, and we can hang out in his old stomping ground in the Bay Area. But uh, it, it was really fantastic to meet you and your wife. And hope you guys are doing uh, very well. And I hope we get a chance to see you again soon. Joseph, writing in, says, It's been a long time, Cam. I would like to start out by wishing you and Miss E the best. And uh, please know that we're praying for a full recovery. She will be in my nightly prayers. He says, uh, I've fallen off uh, the watch list of uh, Cam and Company. I will be starting again, but there's a lot of catching up to do. Uh, Joseph has been busy. Joseph moved from Florida to Wyoming, where he now has 40 acres for hunting and target shooting. And he's in Wyoming. Joseph, that is so cool, man. I am... uh, I am so excited for you, and yes, I you need to keep up, not only now with 40 Acres and a Fool, but you need to keep up with your correspondence so we get to hear about all of your adventures in Wyoming, which is, I, I, like, where in Wyoming are you? What part of the state are you in? Uh, how far away are you from, you know, what we would consider to be uh, all of the uh, the trappings of civilization? How long does it take for you to get to a grocery store? Where's the nearest gas station? Uh, where's your nearest... Uh, Redbox or your uh, your nearest movie theater. What kind of what kind of internet do you have out there in Wyoming, Joseph? Not that I'm not that I'm uh, uh, you know uh, uh, jealous of anybody who has actual cable internet at their home in rural America. Okay, actually I am. I'm really jealous. I'm super duper jealous. I actually saw a tweet from Kamala Harris, the new senator from California, talking about the. 
uh, vital importance of uh, America's infrastructure and investing in America's infrastructure. And my first response was, this, this is where I become full-blown populist. You want to spend government money? Okay, here we go. I'll give you a New Deal program. Uh, just like we wired the rural electrification project in the 1930s, where we brought electricity to rural America, we need the rural broadbandification project. We need, we need to wire every rural home in America with high-speed cable or fiber optic internet. There. You want to, seriously, you want to revolutionize small towns? You want to bring small towns back to life? Okay, there you go. That'll be a huge step because now all of a sudden business feels like it can move there. Uh, it's got the infrastructure in place, at least in terms of the, uh, the technical capabilities. Um, you've got uh, families who are willing to sacrifice maybe a little bit longer commute uh, as long as they don't have to sacrifice all of the things like being able to watch Netflix and you know stream videos and things like that. I'm telling you, you want to revitalize the near frontier, bring rural broadband to every small town in America, starting with Farmville and every rural space in America, starting with the counties around Farmville. Uh, but Joseph, again, great news, man. And uh, I'm so excited for you starting out your adventures there in Wyoming. Cannot wait to hear more. And I'm really, really glad that you checked back in. Uh, let's see. Also, had a uh, very nice email from Aaron in Nebraska, who uh, said, you mentioned enjoying longer emails. He said, uh, I'm not a well-versed storyteller, so you'll be subjected to a more PowerPointy style email. He says, if uh, nothing else, I'd like to request that you read the last five paragraphs. All right, well, I'm going to read a little bit more than the last five. Uh, Aaron says, I'm a 45-year-old Nebraska native. After uh, watching a few episodes of Cam and Company on Sportsman Channel uh, roughly four years ago, I started following your three-hour show online as well. Four hours of Cam every day was pretty awesome. Thanks to you and your shows, I started following and really paying attention to the political scene. What an eye-opener. Scary, in fact. I'm a U.S. Army vet, owner-operator road warrior, licensed FFL, NRA Benefactor Life member, NRA ILA member, NRA Business Alliance member for Lone Wolf Firearms, NRA Certified Basic Pistol Instructor, Range Safety Officer, Chief Range Safety Officer, along with NRA Recruiter. I'm also a General Class Amateur Radio Operator, call sign K0ACS. Aaron, dude, you're, you're amazingly impressive. I'm, I, I want to follow you. I want to watch you for four hours a day. Aaron says, um, I've been following the podcast since its inception. Two thoughts I'd like to share. Uh, during that second episode, a listener wrote in saying that his opinion of the show made him feel like the lady sitting beside Ted Stryker and setting herself on fire. <laughs> Personally, Aaron says, my opinion of the first show was that at the end of Airplane after landing, Leslie Nielsen comes in and tells Ted and Elaine, good luck, we're all counting on you. <laughs> After the first episode, I was looking forward to the show every week. You've done the most excellent job of the podcast. Well, thank you, Aaron. I, I do appreciate that. Um, Aaron says, one of the first episodes that Missy e was on, uh, she was talking about the raised beds in the garden, explaining how everything was laid out. I could tell that she was looking at the schematic that she drew by her tone and probably following along with her finger. Cam says, honey, this is radio. And just like the episode of WKRP when Bailey brings the child psychologist in to interview with Dr. Johnny Fever, he's pointing to his picture board. Fever says, Doc, this is radio. He gets closer to the mic, keeps pointing, talks louder. Aaron says, I totally saw Missy e doing this. Well, Cam probably got that little grin on his face with amusement. That was a true classic right there. Um, Yes, that, that is exactly what was happening, by the way, Aaron. Uh, I, <laughs> um, so, 
Aaron says, uh, and Aaron, by the way, you've, you've just gone through the podcast and you've given me some of your highlights. I'm not going to share with the audience, but I got to tell you, I, I'm getting a real kick uh, out of reading some of uh, some of your comments here. Um, Aaron says, um, you don't realize how humbling it is to be allowed into your home via the podcast and experience your trials and accomplishments with you. It's awesome to see you, Cam, in your other natural habitat there at the home on the farm. It's so enjoyable to hear about each of your weeks, how the day went, what's new in the neighborhood. It's literally just like sitting at the kitchen table with friends, even though we've never met. You're both so awesome. The world needs more people like you, and it would be a much better place. Aaron, thank you uh, for that. And, and, you know, look, it's, it's, it's humbling that people actually want to listen <laughs> to what happened on the farm this week and to the trials and tribulations. And um, I, I have plans for this podcast this year uh, and for what I want to do to sort of uh, take the genesis of what we've been able to accomplish uh, over the past 93 episodes. This is episode 93. And some of the lessons that I've learned and some of the things that I've figured out I want to do with this space and with this time that uh, that we spend together every week. And so um, there there are going to be, I think, some changes and some some natural growth, but I don't want to I don't want to lose what we have because I, I you know, just like you like being able to, you know, listen in at the kitchen table every week or when it gets warm around at the picnic table and you never know, sometimes, you know, youngest daughter's going to show up and maybe oldest son makes a guest appearance uh, and you hear the sounds of the crickets and bullet. I mean, it is real. We don't edit this stuff out. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time to edit this stuff out. So you kind of, what you hear is what you get. Um, but I'm also really humbled when I hear from from you and from anybody who takes the time to sit down at their computer or to uh, pull out their phone and to send an email and to say, you know, let me tell you a little bit about what's going on with me and let me tell you my story. That humbles me, Aaron, because I love hearing these stories. I, I know that I'm not the first person to, to set off on this kind of adventure where you leave the suburbs and you uh, move to a rural area. I'm, I, I know I'm not the last. I'm not the smartest. I don't, I don't think I'm the uh, uh, most ignorant, but I'm up there. And, uh, and it, it, it is just so humbling that, that you will take the time uh, out of your busy day with everything that you've got going on and share your thoughts and your life with me. So thank you for that. Aaron says, when my dad was diagnosed with uh, stage four colon cancer in 2009, I became his primary caregiver. It's too bad that he wouldn't have gone to the doctor sooner, but being stubborn and not wanting to hear anything bad, he didn't even bother telling us that he didn't feel good until the day before his surgery. It's an eye opener when you find out out of the blue that you maybe have 18 months left with your dad. It is Aaron. And I'm so sorry. Aaron says, uh, you mentioned keeping up with the podcast during this trivial time with Miss E, and you said the same thing on Cam and Company about always being here for us. Nonsense, says Aaron. Family first, always. Podcast work, blah, blah, blah. None of that's important. We, as fans of you, the show and the podcast, are in no way as important as Miss E and the family. You have to take care of you. If you don't, then you can't be the rock that the rest of the family needs. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. Family first. Everything else farther down the list, period. Uh, Aaron says, thanks to and for both of you. 
I and so many others out here in listening land look forward to hearing your podcast every week. Uh, I also offer, will offer, uh, he says, I will also offer my services in whatever capacity you need. Not familiar with goats or chickens, but I can pin cows pretty good. And I can always get a load to Virginia and the Carolinas. Easy peasy. Thanks again for uh, everything, says Aaron. Aaron, thank you for everything. Really, I mean it. And um, I, uh, I know this was your first email. I hope it will not be your last. And again, I'm just, uh, I am humbled and I am touched by the, um, by the friends that I have made here on this podcast and through uh, Cam and Company on NRA TV and through the, again, the, the community that um, I, I think we've established here. That's like I said, we're, we're, I'm looking at ways to try to make this a little bit bigger, a little bit better. And that's one of the things that I want to do is, is find a way to, uh, to, to take this community that, that we've got here and uh, actually find a home online for us uh, as a community itself. little uh, virtual homesteading, I suppose. All right. Percolate on that for a uh, couple of days. We'll be back with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool before long. Hopefully this next time around, Missy is going to be feeling up to par and uh, we'll be back behind the microphone. I know it's more fun when she's here too. All right. Thanks again for uh, being with us. Be safe. Have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we'll talk to you soon with another 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.